thank you uh, for joining us for our second Home is Everything podcast. Today we have uh, Cynthia Latcham joining us as Director of Programs and Services for ANOM Housing and leads the permanent supportive housing programs for ANOM that have been going on here for nearly 25 years. Uh, and it's been a, uh, a great successful program. And so, Cynthia, welcome to you. Thank you. Glad to be here. So, Cynthia, what we uh, I was hoping we could talk about today a little bit was uh, just some of your work in, of, uh, in, in programs and services for Anna Wim, as well as some of the work of your team. But uh, you've uh, recently been uh, at a conference and was wondering if you could share a little bit about the topic and some of the things that, uh, that were discussed uh, during that trip. Sure. So, just got back from Arizona from a conference on trauma and addiction. Lots of good news, lots of bad news. Um, what uh, what we were talking about is how the brain is impacted by early childhood trauma and traumas that happen uh, throughout our lives. And that connection between the brain trauma or the, tra- the trauma that happens in our lives that impacts the brain and then how that affects our uh, propensity towards other types of addictions. So whether they're addictions of processes or if they are addictions of uh, chemicals and substances. So there's a really strong correlation between those who have experienced uh, severe childhood trauma and um, and addictions. And those addictions might be gambling, they might be um, sex, they might be substances, alcohol, but it's it's a really strong correlation and um, it's it's interesting for those of us who work in our permit supportive housing programs because that is who we are serving on a daily basis. People who are coming to us with complex traumas, complex uh, life situations that have landed themselves into a place of homelessness and sometimes really without Uh, I want to say without any real fault of their own. If you have things that happen to yourself when you're very young, sometimes you you spend the rest of your life sort of reacting to life and the things that happen to you. And you don't really have the ability to regulate or maintain your emotions and how you deal with life. So so this, uh, this conference was talking a lot about that and a lot about what we can do to try and um, and help people to regulate their emotions, to try and help them to deal with substance use disorders and um, to deal with early childhood trauma. So we've got many individuals that we are serving here and through our programs and services. If you talk a little bit about then the trauma that is the, these individuals have experienced, first of all, is that the majority of the folks that we have in our programs? And if it is, then what are some of the things that we're doing to help support them beyond housing? Because housing is, is what we do, but then, so once they're, they're coming from a homeless background, then, we're, then they're getting housed, then what? What's the next things? Who, the how many, and then the what? Sure. So I would say 100% of the people who come to us have experienced complex extreme trauma. That might have been one incident that may, more likely it has been repeated incidents. We know that once you've been traumatized, you're more likely to be traumatized again. So if you experienced a childhood abuse, you're more likely to be abused as a, as a teenager, and then again, repeatedly as an adult. So, so we know that there's complex trauma um, in all of the people we serve. And we know that because of the outcome of the fact that they're homeless. 
So people don't land in homelessness who come from well-adjusted, uh, happy, healthy backgrounds. So then the, this next thing is, if we don't offer people housing, we're not meeting them at a ground level uh, need. So if their basic needs of food, shelter, clothing are not being met, we can't even begin to address the trauma. So they're going to stay in a heightened state of um, need and aggression and or being shut down because you can either be dealing with your life by either being highly aggressive or highly shut down. And so until we address that need, we're not going to be able to, uh, you know, deal with the, the trauma issues. And that's what we mean by housing first. That's what we mean by housing first. Okay. So once we do that, then we can start to deal with those issues of trauma. And what we do is we build healthy uh, and we both build healthy relationships and we also model healthy relationships with our tenants. So that's healthy boundaries, which are things that um, you don't just grow up with, you have to develop healthy boundaries. And so by modeling those in our relationships with our tenants, we are helping them to, to address um, some of their underlying issues. But by doing uh, you know, our, our regular visits when we go in and we meet with people, by uh, essentially doing what we say we're going to do, we are beginning to establish some trust there. And it can take a really long time. For some people, depending on what their experiences are, they might be ready to trust very quickly because they've had that experience in the past where you know, they just, again, don't have really great boundaries. But some people, it takes a very, very long time. So I like to tell my team that we are playing a long game here. This is not an immediate, um, while, we, while we solve an immediate problem of housing, we're also not really going to see long-standing changes for quite some time. We're playing a long game here. So with that being said, I would imagine that you've got a, a success story in one frame or another or one form or another that mm -hmm. maybe has something that a, a short-term outcome or, I mean, and you've been working with, uh, with Anawim and this, and this special population for several years now. I mean, have you seen some long-term long outcomes then? Yes. Yeah, I actually have. Um, and, and that's the, the, one of the really great things about sticking around and working in, a, in the same place for some time that you get to see those successes happen. And, you know, we define success very broadly. Anybody that is moving towards their version of a happy, healthy life is really an, a success. But being able to see those great strides of success take a long period of time. So I can think of a couple of individuals who came in and were really struggling um, at the beginning and really almost found themselves at a place where we thought we might not be able to house them. You know, we have our expectations uh, along with Housing First is that people will follow a lease. And, um, and that's, that's kind of it. We can't mandate and we don't want to mandate any other services beyond that, although we offer them persistently and consistently. So that is one of the things that's one of the basic tenets of Housing First. So this particular individual, you know, really wasn't following the conditions of her lease. Um, she had extra people living with her. There was just a, a lot of things that were happening in the household that were not um, really okay. But 
we continue to work with her and we continue to house her. And slowly, very, very slowly, she started to make some progress. And one of her first goals was to be able to leave the house on her own. And, and I remember her sharing that with me a couple of years ago and thinking, wow, that's a big goal for her. Because at this point, she was agoraphobic. Um, so she did not leave her house on her own. And so I remember coming into her home one time and she said, you know, Cynthia, I left my house by myself. My next goal, which was a huge accomplishment, her next goal was to go to Walmart on her own. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't want to go to Walmart ever, especially not on my own. I mean, I want someone to come with me. It's overwhelming. Um, so she did that. She didn't go during the middle of the day, but she was thoughtful about that. And she went, you know, kind of later in the day. And, um, and she, she accomplished that. And so with each success, she sought out new goals and new successes. And so through that process of those little successes, she actually moved herself into a place of recovery, both in mental health, but also from substances that she had been abusing. And she also moved away from some of the destructive relationships that she was in and finally moved into a healthy relationship. Um, today, she comes to our full circle group and she offers her experiences, strengths, and her hopes to the other people that are in our group. And she really is um, modeling some leadership behavior, which is part of what we are also wanting to do is to build peer leaders within our group that can really be able to uh, be examples to those who are still really struggling early on. And so it, it's been an exciting process to watch this one woman really grow, um, but it all started with housing. And I think she also identifies that it started with that stability of housing and with um, case managers and a program that didn't give up on her even when she was exhibiting some pretty problematic behavior. Well, it's a, uh, that's a great story, and I appreciate you mentioning uh, Full Circle, and I'll remind all of our listeners uh, from our last session that uh, Jeremy uh, Orcutt uh, shared a little bit about our Full Circle uh, uh, program and some of the things that we're doing on a, uh, on a regular basis with, uh, with folks that we're serving. So another question for you then, what, uh, what would you say is maybe your response to, uh, to those that might find it difficult to be empathetic or compassionate towards some of those individuals that we serve that might say, well, you've got a place to live, now be about it. Let's, uh, what's, why not? Because we, we, we've fixed you, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that, that really does kind of, I mean, I understand I can be empathetic and compassionate towards people who think that as well. So what we know from this complex trauma is that when things happen to you early in life, um, through absolutely no fault of your own, there's consequences. And those consequences are very different depending upon, you know, the person and what skills they learned to be able to regulate their emotions, their feelings, their behaviors, and how they react to the world. And if you were never, first of all, if you never were given those sort of base level help in regulating as an infant, then you're not going to be able to regulate very positively as you move through childhood and adolescence. Um, so we're really talking about things that happen in childhood, and they're really things that um, you and I probably can't imagine. 
you know, we have a natural instinct to love and to pick up our children, to hold, to comfort. Um, but when you're growing up in households where that doesn't happen instinctually and those th- those needs, those basic level needs are not being met, then those, those children don't learn to regulate. So it really is um, a need to look at a whole family systems in order to you know, change long-term outcomes. So we are meeting people at really the end point in their lives um, and, and offering up a basic right and a basic need. But those damages, those things that are happening that cause them to be in, in homelessness, it's way earlier than, than when, we have, when there have been actually meaningful um, interventions being done. Cynthia, thank you so much for, uh, for sharing okay. all that. You've been listening to Cynthia Latcham, Director of Programs and Services. And uh, we look forward to next time having uh, another member of your team uh, join okay. us again and sharing some more, more stories. And again, thank you for joining us for our uh, Home is Everything podcast. This is Russ Frazier. and look forward to you joining us again next time soon.